Hello, welcome back. This is Colin Keeley here. And I'm Brent Sanders. And we are the co-founders of Avocado, an audio publishing platform. So uh, I think we want to talk about conversion rate this week. Yeah. Yeah. The dismal conversion rate. <laughs> yeah. Lack of a better term. I mean, we are seeing, um, we're seeing more traffic each week to the site. I mean, our, our website, um, splitting the, the, the two properties into two buckets, one our web app and the other our website. So the website, I think, is you know, continuing to, to see more and more traffic. There's, there's not a ton on there, but it's mainly our, our marketing hub. And then our web app, which we're continuing to also see more and more traffic and more and more started transactions. So I do have some, uh, so we have like your standard tracking on the app, right? You have Google Analytics. I also have, you know, we have the ability to, to handle some pixels, right? If you put in Reddit or LinkedIn or Facebook ads, um, we can see the conversions there. But <clears throat> the real measure that I've been looking at is, you know, the amount of checkouts started to checkouts finished. So really, um, the rate that I would say is dismal is just the amount of people that see the checkout page, but actually finish, which is, it's been pretty small. I don't have the, I mean, I guess the number depends on the time frame you look at, but it's very, very low, which is, you know, I think in, in most e-commerce contexts, you see, you know, some single, maybe slightly double digit percentage, right? It shows intent. You put something in your cart, you're, you know, depending on your checkout process, how do you see, how do you measure, you know, is this working or not? So I, I looked into this and for e-commerce, once a checkout has started, conversion rate is normally around 30 to 40%. And the big mm. reasons that people kind of bail once they've already decided like, hey, I'm going to buy this thing, I'm going to enter a checkout, is either they were actually going to check out or they wanted to see what the fully loaded price is. So shipping costs, taxes, all those kind of different things, see if they qualify for free shipping. But none of that really applies to us. So statistically, we're getting into like pretty weird territory where like 100 checkouts will be started. And if they're all independent and they're different people that actually intend to buy, it would be very weird that they're all flaking, or at least most of them are flaking. And of course, my first reaction is, ah, something's broken. So, you know, that's been the thing to try to understand. And so um, one tool that we have in our sort of arsenal for this is using, uh, there's a tool called Inspeclet, which is similar to Hotjar. It's basically some form of, it's not really screen recording, but it's sort of session recording. And so you can kind of understand where was the user's mouse, what, you know, if they input anything on their keyboard, you can kind of see that. And the biggest learning as of today is that most of the people starting checkouts are the creators themselves. So it's, it's essentially people going to see what the checkout process is like on their own store versus uh, a wide array of people. So the number isn't exactly equal to the number of new creators that we've added, but it's a lot of people that are getting their products uh, set up. They're adding their audio, they're setting their price, they're adding their cover images, they're getting their store in a nice tidy spot. And then they're saying, okay, well, what's, what's this experience like? And so they're not very interested. Obviously they're, you know, they're not going to put in their credit card and payment information to check out, but that, that was my learning so far. It's like most of the people checking out right now or that are starting checkout processes are um, the creators themselves. So 
I mean, I think that's one indication that we need to do a little bit better of a job showing people, you know, what their own checkout's like. But then again, I don't think Shopify does that. I think in order to experience checkout, you have to kind of go and see for yourself. Yeah. So Shopify is just so established now. And I think they're probably just wondering like, hey, does this actually work, this new company? To like, <laughs> right. uh, it, like we built some belief, like we're redoing the, our marketing landing pages with nice screenshots that are design, our designer created. So that should, you know, give us more credibility off the bat. And then I, I think we're just missing a lot of kind of, so as a creator now I'm looking at how do I, I'm spending some money on ads. How do I increase conversion rates on my audio product page? And so it's a lot of just like e-commerce basics of like testimonials, mm-hmm. you know, adding longer copy. Um, so with testimonials, what they often say nowadays is like the shakier, the better. So you do, you can embed like video recordings, so shaky video recordings of actual customers or embedding <laughs> tweets, like people raving about your product. So stuff like that I'm looking at doing in the near term here. I think that that exposes one of the, the big assumptions that we had of like, oh, we're just going to make it very simple to get your audio course on. But by doing that, we've we've kind of skipped some of the the easy things that you can put on your store's homepage. So because right now it's just your your sort of bio, and even that we we cut off. You know we don't we only let you list the first couple of sentences. And um, but I think rethinking that view to be a little more controllable is is probably the uh, a good way to increase this conversion rate. Because I think you know. Uh, the reality is, in looking at the numbers, it doesn't seem like a lot of creators are self-promoting. And so going back to what you were saying about, you know, dog fooding and posting your own course is like seeing how easy or how difficult it is to promote yourself. So we're not a platform like Udemy or Coursera where, you know, you end up on our platform and we highlight and we have a catalog of, of things. Although we did have a catalog on our site, but we've removed that because it, A, it doesn't really show that well, but I think it creates a lot of confusion. We had a lot of creators reaching out and say, hey, you know, uh, can I get moved to the top of the list? Can I get moved? Can I get highlighted? Can I get featured? And it's really not what we're building. We're trying to build something that, you know, you have your own platform. It's, it's more akin to the Gumroads and the Shopify's of the world. So um, I think we're struggling a little bit with our current user base that started, you know, found out about Avocado when it was a marketplace and we've transitioned away. So I think part of what we're looking to do is message that change to our sort of legacy customers. And, you know, there's a, quite a, quite a few of those, like there are, are quite a few courses that have been created when that expectation was correct. So I think uh, now that we've fleshed out this new model, it's like coming back and updating the site, updating uh, everybody to see um, what their response is to that. Cause I think some people have already been a little turned off. You know, they expected uh, us to be, you know, giving them sales or getting them, traffic and um we'll have to reset that expectation which is is never a fun conversation yeah i mean it's not ideal and a couple people are a little pissed about it but it's fine like firing our customers if we have a different customer in mind and they're not a good fit like if you sign up for a podcast hosting or you set up a shopify store there's no expectation that shopify or transistor or whoever is going to be throwing you traffic and like Mm -hmm. creating your business for you like you have to build that marketing muscle i mean you're just dependent on these other platforms. You aren't in a great spot. You don't have a whole lot of power and you're giving up a massive percentage of your revenue. And I think that's where the, the you know, not necessarily the genesis of the idea, but where a lot of the 
um, existing audio creators are seeing a gap. I and mean, we have talked about the audiobook creator market. I mean, they're under sort of the, the heel of Amazon in terms of, you know, the, the returns drama that's going on there. But more so, I mean, you're basically on a platform that's bringing you all the eyeballs and you can really take control of your business if you can own that sort of sales and marketing apparatus a little bit more. And um, I mean, there, there's some great examples of, you know, six, seven, eight figure creators out there that are selling courses. And again, this is the platform for, for, you know, seeing what it, what's the best word for it. It's like leveraged opportunity or, you know, you record your course once and sell it a million times. Like if you, you can get in that practice. And I think one of the things that we need to help our creators with is that social proof. I think that's going to be, that's like the one component. I think we need to add some ability in the product to show testimonials, like you were saying, or, um, you know, let people know that, Hey, this is what other people say. And this is what other people have kind of said about this course and what they think about it. So I think that's probably the biggest gap right now, or the contributing factor to the dismal conversion rate, but I'm excited, you know, it can only go up, right. It's I'm excited to see us uh, move that metric. Yeah. So this is like uh, productizing your offering. So, and I think audio is probably the easiest way to do that. So if you used to have an in-person coaching practice, if you're writing like all text-based things, you could, you, know, you could record video, which is a whole process and not nearly as easy as recording and editing audio. So it's a bit of like, it takes time, right? You got to prove you have creators that are making real money, build them up as testimonials on our own avocado site and case studies and then show that to other people and prove that this is a, a good way to make money, which is just new. And it, you know, it's going slower than we'd like, but it's, uh, we're making progress. Everything goes slower than we like everything, <laughs> everything in any, any business it always takes longer, which is probably that's the key learning I've had over the last couple of years is just that this stuff just takes time and you, you want it. Like the moment you release something, you expect there to be change. And it's like, actually it's the, the time that you get the people on the system and then, you know, interact with them and uh, help, you know, shape the product. But it it's part of the the journey, which is a, a pretty enjoyable journey. So my one Special. other idea is that we both have run Shopify stores in the past. And what you kind of learn is if you add different payment methods, your conversion rate keep keeps inching up. So if you add PayPal, you add Amazon Pay, everything adds a little bit on top. And I know PayPal is a big checkout method. Right now we just support Stripe where people have to enter their credit card details. So we discussed a little bit this morning, like the possibility of adding something like PayPal. So what do you think of that? Yeah, I mean, I've worked with PayPal uh, a fair amount. I, I'm not so sure. I mean, so we've closely integrated with uh, Stripe in order to take advantage of their connect features. So we, if we do it, I think we would we would be introducing some manual process, but you know that's not really a problem if our numbers are what they are, right? As, as we grow, we could sort of figure that out, handle it manually, or even uh, develop a process or automation for it. But yeah, I think that might be the case. I think we would still be seeing more transactions, right? I think even, even with what we have currently, we should be seeing um, a certain baseline. And then you're right, you would see... Uh, some people that when they see that PayPal logo, they're, you know, encouraged or, you know, maybe it's a, a sign of security for some people or 
you know, the ability to have that insurance of like, hey, if they, if they don't deliver on what they're saying they are, I know I can go back to PayPal. And, and that, that part of it might be uh, encouraging. And it, it also depends on who you're selling to, because I've heard that PayPal is great for international. And so if you are, you know, coming from abroad, which a lot of our users are, I would say, you know, in looking at our traffic, we, you know, I don't think we even have a majority of our traffic coming from the United States. So in, in that respect, I think PayPal might be a, a much more encouraging factor. So I agree in part. I, I just think I would expect to see um, a higher in general conversion rate, right? I like see a couple more and then we, we would expect to see, let's say a 10% lift with PayPal and a 5% lift with Apple Pay or, or whatever that might be or Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, having the different options can be helpful. Um, it, it is very much, a, you know, the checkout process now is very much a tunnel right? Like we, we kind of remove the, the navigation. We say, Hey, here's the way out. It's give us your credit card and get, you know, create an account and get started, which we tried to distill into the least amount of fields as possible, but still, you know, that might not be enough reassurance that, you know, obviously it's a very new platform and people aren't quite sure what they're getting. Maybe I think that to me, I, I think, the, the things that come before PayPal, it's like, they're not quite sure what's going to happen next. And I, they're not quite sure um, if what they're buying is, or, or like if the offer is there, right? And I think having a third party saying, uh, here's what I did, you know, it's like a, I think some blog posts around, here's what I purchased and what I got and what I thought of the experience, like getting testimonials in that respect, or even like a rundown or like a start to finish. This is what my experience was with Colin's uh, audio course. It could be, you know, it's like a slash, it's part review of the platform, but more so part review of, you know, the actual content. Uh, I think some of that would be really helpful for people to see and understand, like even the creators understand like, okay, here's what the full NN experience is like. Cause as evidenced by the amount of checkouts we get started by creators, they don't really know what's going to happen per se. They don't really know how somebody can get, I mean, they know we have apps, you know, native apps that can, uh, you know, be used to to play back and, you know, a web-based experience, but it isn't totally clear how it all connects, which I would say is also the same with, I keep going back to Shopify, but I think it's kind of also the same there. Like you don't really know what's going to happen until you get your first couple of transactions. Yeah. And so we could talk about like my process of building my own audio course a little bit. So one of the big things I was struggling with is like, how do you price this thing? So I settled on $29.99, I believe. And so in theory, for these digital products, you should you know, start high, high to price discriminate. So you maximize your profits initially, and then you kind of lower over time. So if you think of movies like Mulan was a recent one, I think it started at 30 bucks. And then it will gradually fall down to like $5 for a rental, and then it'll be effectively free on Netflix. Mm, yeah. So that is kind of the old way of doing it. And what theory would say is the right way. But in practice, when you're selling to your audience, this pisses off your most loyal customers. Mm. It, it's kind of not worth it. So you don't want to charge a lot of money to your most loyal customers. And then you're like uh, third tier customers in like three months pay you know 10% of what your best customers did. So you actually, the theory, the best uh, advice nowadays is actually to start low. So this rewards your loyal fans. You, it seems you make it up in volume and then you get better reviews, customer satisfaction, fewer refunds. And then the real thing is like you get more word of mouth. So 
you're kind of better off selling a thousand digital products for $1 than selling the one for a thousand dollars because you have a thousand people there that could talk about your product and refer to other people. That's a great point. Yeah. So are you going to, so you're at, I think you're at 29, right? $29. Yes. My plan is with feedback, I'm going to keep adding uh, lessons in there and sections to the ebook. And then I'm just going to progressively increase the price. Okay. Um, It's kind of my thinking. And then periodically I'll do promotions because that, it seems to boost sales and word of mouth. And that seems to be worth the lost profit you're getting. And then this is a way to like temporarily convert a market that wasn't going to pay full price anyway, is mm. kind of my thinking now. And this seems to be the best practice for other you know, ebook or whatever creators online. Makes a ton of sense. I mean, you see that in software, right? You see that, you know, things start cheaper and then gradually, I mean, I shouldn't say all software, but a lot of the independent software that's coming out, it's like, Hey, sign up now forever for a dollar. And it really is getting that social proof, getting people talking about it. Cause without that, we're seeing that barrier right now. I think, I think that is a big piece to, you know, our conversion rate is that it's new and it's like, uh, and, and I shouldn't say that, like our rates are free essentially. And so, uh, we've incentivized, we're, we're kind of, I shouldn't say our offering, but more so our creators initial offerings. I think seeing what they're selling and how, you know, how we present it on their behalf in our product is uh, a good example. So I, I do think we should start some content around, you know, obviously we need to reach out and tell people about, make sure everybody's on the same page about our, our marketplace going away, but then, you know, what, what is it, what are some pricing strategies? What does it mean to, you know, get testimonials. How do you kind of open your own audio store essentially? And I think that's a skill that a lot of our, some of our listeners already, you know, know, or so I should say some of our creators, not our listeners, but some of our creators probably already have a sense for, but I think a lot of them came, you know, especially the initial ones came from Udemy and they, you know, if they're interested in that, and I, which I think they are, I think a lot of these creators would love to see a way where they can kind of take full control over their own, you know, business and platform, take less of a cut. Um, so I, I do think that uh, focusing on that type of content and then obviously building features so they can execute that is probably the, the best place to go to, to move that metric. So it also kind of ties in with our current pricing for the avocado your software as a service offering. SaaS. Mm-hmm. I had some friends that are listening to the podcast and like, what is SaaS? I don't know what that is. So I figured to find that for uh, people. Yes. But we have this free offering. So almost everyone starts on the free offering. And then I, I think it's a bit of like, we're choosing the worst customers. So the people that are on the free tier are always the one that are complaining the most and expecting you to drive traffic to them. Like there's probably a future where we sunset the free tier and then you get a free trial for like 14 days, 30 days, something like that. And then we just deal with the people that are really invested in building audio product businesses on avocado and like kind of, uh, cut down on most of the crap. Yeah. Yeah. I think, and we've seen all of the incumbents do that. I think we've seen all of the players that, you know, necessarily aren't necessarily, you know, analogs to what we're doing. They're not necessarily audio based, but um, other platforms that are similar in the, the creator space get rid of that free tier because it's just, it's too much noise. Yeah. Especially at volume. So as we start getting more content out there, we're just going to have a bigger and bigger top of funnel and it's going to become more of a problem with just customer service 
for these people that aren't really going to move the needle for us. Yeah. I mean, we welcome noise right now. We, <laughs> we gladly welcome <laughs> yeah. any noise that uh, people would like to, to throw our way. Uh, yeah. Anything else you got? Otherwise, I think I'm set. Yeah, no, I think this has been great. I, mean, I think this is the, the point in which you look at any new business. And I, I think every business that I've started has been here. So I, I'm not, you know, I don't want to leave uh, the conversation feeling downtrodden. It's a, it's a bad conversion rate, but the good news is, is it can only go up. And uh, if I'm confident, as long as we stay at it, it will. And, you know, whether it's, you know, at a huge scale or even like a, you know, an organic scale, um, I'm, I'm pretty excited that we're getting to the point where we're, uh, obviously it would be fun if, you know, everyone signed up and immediately started understanding and using our product without any involvement from us. That's just not how it goes. So uh, I hope our listeners get to enjoy the, uh, the ride, the essential, you know, entrepreneurship journey that we're, we're on with Avocado. I feel good about it. So I have my course and I'm going to start throwing some targeted paid traffic at it. So we'll, we'll see that conversion rate go up uh, hell or high water because I, <laughs> I, want some money. I want some money coming in the door in December is my goal. So that's be right. A, a fun month. And we'll talk about it on the podcast what works and what doesn't for me. Excellent. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. All right. Bye-bye. Take care.